0: welcome to uncontained episode 106 i'm your host aaron static render on the show today i have a filmmaker slash director jack meggers uh he got his start in new york city in theater for seven years he was out there during that seven years he developed an interest in cinema and film so of course naturally that took him cross coast To the West Coast and to LA to get some hands-on experience and learn the film industry inside out. After being out there for a few years getting his hands dirty in the film industry, he decided to move back to his home state of Iowa and uh, pursue creating his debut feature film called the burial. We talk about that. We talk about him recently winning a fellowship from the state of Iowa and their arts department being the first filmmaker ever selected for that. And, uh, he's got some great advice for upcoming filmmakers trying to make their way. So there's a lot of good stuff coming up in this interview for you. And, uh, I just want to give a shout out to everybody listening down in Australia. There's been a lot of activity down there I've been seeing lately. So I just wanted to say, hey, what's up in the land down under? And thank you for listening. And I won't keep you guys waiting any longer. This is Jack Meggers. How are you doing today, Jack?
1: I'm great, Aaron. How are you?
0: I'm doing great, man. Thanks for joining me today. And what's been going on with you, man? What's, uh, what, what are you working on?
1: Oh, well, I'm working on about six projects at the moment. Uh, been really busy. It's been a very, very busy fall, um, so I've got quite a few things going on. I, I've just wrapped uh, a short film in the last month, uh, and that was taking up a lot of my time. Um, and that was a great experience. And I'm and I've sort of been juggling a couple of other things all at the same time. And and uh, so I'm turning my attention away from this short film uh, called Undertow and uh, on to a couple of other artistic
0: projects. All right, cool. So the short film Undertow, what is what is that about?
1: It is about a young man who uh, finds his friend uh, dead uh, of a very suspicious overdose. Uh, it's, it really has to do with the opioid crisis and heroin uh, abuse and trade uh, here in the United States in uh you know, kind of across socioeconomic, um, you know, boundaries. Uh, this, our, our, our protagonist is a young man that is, uh, pretty low on the socioeconomic, uh, totem pole. Um, and he is really just trying to, you know, he really needs to try to get to the bottom of how his friend passed away, uh, you know, because he wasn't an actual drug user, but he knew he was involved with this local guy, uh, and and so it kind of follows him as he gets involved with this distribution chain of this uh, of this local drug dealer.
0: Okay, so it's kind of like uh, I don't know what do you say like a maybe suspense thriller in a way as I like kind of trying to go through like in a in the way of like a Taken where he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna go find who uh, caused my friend to die Liam Neeson style. Uh, no, it's not really
1: a thriller. <laughs> it's much more of a, dr- a drama than a thriller. It's it's really just you know it really just follows this. It's quite actually quite a slow moving movie. Uh, okay. and we did that on purpose. Uh, we wanted it to reflect reality in a way that, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is happening sort of right under people's noses and it's not action packed. It's really much more, um, you know, it's slow and plotting, and, you know, and it sort of creeps up on you as this, as this, uh, you know, the life does to our protagonist. It it really just like creeps up on him and, and it, and, uh, and, and, Gets him when he's not looking, really.
0: All right. So, where can people see this movie, or is it is it out yet? Or
1: no, it's not out yet. We've just uh, we've just like I said, we just finished it in the last month, and we've uh, started submitting it to film festivals. Um, so we're we're gonna wait to release it out into the world until we you know potentially hopefully get into a film festival or two, and we can have. Uh, uh, a local screening for cast and crew and the public if, if anyone's interested in seeing it. So, you know, I, I think we'll start hearing back from some of these festivals in the next uh, couple of weeks to a month. And once we, uh, once we start hearing back from some people and hopefully we'll get into at least, uh, you know, one of the Iowa based film festivals, because it's an all Iowa crew, all Iowa actors, uh, shot all, you know, here in Iowa. Um, we'd love to get into, you know, one of the local film festivals and, and, uh, You know be able to show it and and invite people to come and see it then and there um and at some point you know we'll probably just uh release it you know on vimeo uh and just you know encourage people to watch it there so
0: okay so what is the life cycle of a short film you know like with a feature you're hoping to get it uh in theaters on dvd blu-ray whatever short films you don't necessarily see come out on like a dvd that often
1: Right. Yeah. No, I mean, for the most part, short films are, are either just short subjects for, you know, consumption quickly on on websites, mostly for free. There's no real monetary gain in that. Or uh, you can use them to uh, potentially as a proof of concept for uh, feature film. Now we didn't shoot this for that reason. We just you know, this was just a short subject uh, from the get go. And, you know, we just wanted to make this short Version. If there was any interest in making it a feature film, I think we could probably go that route. But uh, to this, you know, at this point, there's no real plan to do that. So we just wanted to make it and uh, kind of get that message out there, add to, you know, the awareness of the opioid crisis uh, in our country. uh, And uh, hopefully that it'll, it'll just, uh, you know, function in that regard.
0: Do you have any close personal relation with uh, the subject of the movie, or is there something that inspired this film?
1: I don't really personally have. Uh, well, you know, in my past, I've had brushes with uh, with opioids, and uh, you know, never, never really heroin. I maybe have had heroin. Uh, offered to me at one strange point in my life many, many years ago, but, uh, but, you know, I never had any struggles with it myself. Uh, I have been, uh, witness to how easy it is to get prescription opioids on the street. And I've seen people that have struggled with opioid, uh, abuse and addiction, um, you know, that were not prescribed these drugs. And, and so that, you know, for me firsthand, I, I have seen it, uh, the writer of the short film uh the guy who was the cinematographer and produced it with me Bruce uh Bales he's had some experience with it he's had some personal uh, exper- uh experiences with friends um regarding the opioid crisis and opioids and um and heroin uh that was his more and you know he was he was uh, driven to write the script so uh i had enough personal attachment to it and attachment to the area it uh, takes place right on the Mississippi River uh, down in uh, Davenport, Iowa okay. and Bettendorf. And, you know, I grew up in Iowa myself and uh, have spent a considerable time on the river, maybe not in the Quad City area, but uh, northern, northeastern Iowa. So, you know, that paired with my own experience, uh, paired with Bruce's script, it it just seemed to really speak to me. and And so I was really called to take part in it also.
0: All right. So you mentioned you have a short film, The Undertow, and a couple Mm -hmm. other projects going on right now. I know you have a feature film that uh, we'll talk about here in just a little bit, but what are some of the other projects that you are dabbling in?
1: Sure. I was recently, uh, just just this last fall, I was selected as the artist in residence for the fall season of uh, Ballet Des Moines' uh, performance. Uh, So that meant I was able to Uh, Be embedded with a ballet company for six weeks and shoot uh, and document everything that they did from the warm ups to the learning of the choreography to to taking breaks and and just really getting to be witness to every step of the the dancers uh, process. And so I, for six weeks, I just was in the rehearsal hall with them and actually ended up following, uh, you know, pieces of their life, going out to the bar with them and having drinks and eating lunch and, and showing these dancers who create some really amazing uh, bodies of work uh, through their ballet dances on the stage, uh, just to really explore what it was like for them as people um, and artists creating this, this work in the rehearsal hall in a very raw format so i'm currently in the process of making uh, a four-part vignette uh, short film of my experience uh, witnessing what that was as a documentary okay i've got that going um that's in the works one of the things that i'm working on uh, i've also partnered with uh, a couple of different artists one is uh, lee running who is a uh, fellow iowa artist uh, art council fellow um, and we're working on a film based on her artwork. Uh, I'm working with a guy named Rob Stevens about, uh, his art projects. I, I, I like to, I like to partner with other artists and film is such a collaborative medium. Like for me, uh, it's something that, you know, it's sort of easy to get involved with and, and, you know, some of these short subjects, if it's just me and a camera and an artist and their work, uh, I do enjoy you know, working with them and making a, either a short subject documentary or some kind of an art film. So I've got a couple of those going, and that's been keeping me pretty busy through the fall. Uh, I partnered with an artist, Amanda te Corso, about her uh, ballet painting robot, uh, which is was a really crazy and awesome uh, uh, project and one that's still ongoing. So yeah, that's those kind of things have been keeping me pretty busy. And, uh, and then, the, like you mentioned, the planning and, uh, you know, hopefully execution of, uh, of my burial film, which looks like it's going to be more of the go the more of the short film route for this coming summer, um, rather than just like worrying about the, the feature. If I, I think I'm going to make a short of it and uh, and as a proof of concept okay. so that I can then take that and go and make a feature film.
0: All right, cool. So when I had uh, Tom Garland on my first episode, he was talking about working and like acting in the burial and doing uh, kind of a sizzle reel type thing for it. And I followed up with him a little while afterwards, and he's like, Oh, the investors, and in it kind of pulled out. And he's like, It doesn't look like it's going to happen. And now it's really good to see that over the at least last two years, you've still stuck with pursuing and uh, kept driving to create this film that you believe in, and uh, even to take it to a short film route as a proof of concept. What have been some of the challenges that you face to? get the burial made.
1: Sure. Yeah. You, it's been difficult. You mentioned, uh, the financing and we have had some ups and downs as far as that goes. We, uh, you know, we were trying to raise a, a pretty good chunk of money. Uh, and we've had some investors, we did have some investors come on board and then sort of drop out. So it has had some pretty highs, you know, some pretty great highs and, and followed by some pretty sharp lows. Um, when, you know, when the financing sort of pulls out as you, as you think you're going to happen, you know, as you think it's going to happen and then all of a sudden it doesn't, you just have to kind of go back to the drawing board and see what you need to do differently or see who you can talk to and, and how, you know, just you got to find a way to make this happen. Um, and of course I'm still in the process of doing that. Um, and it's been a number of years and these types of projects, you know, I knew going into it, they take many years, you know, six, eight years uh, sometimes to get the financing together. And this is my first feature film. So I, I, I knew that it would take a long time. For me, I, you know, when I thought about what I wanted to say as an artist and as a filmmaker, and I had the message of what, you know, of my feature film, I, I just when I really made the decision and the commitment to uh, make this film, I, I, I asked myself if this was the message and this was the film that was going to buoy me through, you know, potentially eight, 10 years of trying to get it made. And I knew, you know, when I asked myself the question that like, this was absolutely the thing that I needed to do. I'm compelled to work on. Uh, and so, you know, I, and at that point, this is, you know, three, four years ago now I knew my course so you know it has been difficult, and the ups and downs are are, are challenging to go through. But you know I still very much truly believe in the message of my film, and so you know a day as a day to day thing. It, it's uh, you know I know it's just a matter of time, and I just have to keep working on it. And you know it, it feels like you're ascending a mountain, but you know <laughs> you got you got to take each day, one day at a time. And it's just one step, you know, just keep on one foot in front of the other one. And, and eventually you're going to, you know, reach the top of the mountain. So that's what I keep doing. And, and, uh, you know, if one thing doesn't work or if it looks like it's going to work and then it, and it doesn't work, you know, I can always just sort of double back and recollect, you know, re- recollect myself and, and, uh, try something else. So this is why Uh, Now I'm, I'm going with this, uh, the idea that like, I'm going to make a proof of concept and, uh, and show people, you know, the area show people the concept of the film. And from that, I think people are going to understand the message of the film and, and I'll go more of a, you know, a typical route where I'll get it into festivals and try to attract either production company partners or investors in that way, uh, and if that doesn't work, I'll try something else. <laughs>
0: right on, man! It's it's really cool to hear about like all that goes on behind the scenes of the film because a lot of people, you know, oh, they hear the Star Wars, the new Star Wars, or the new like uh, Marvel movie, whatever it may be, is just starting production, and you're like, okay, it's going production. They don't know like a lot of other movies that don't have the budget that Marvel has um you know it does take like as you were saying five to eight years to get something going get the investors get a concept from script to finished film it it takes a long time and a lot of rejection
1: oh yeah no absolutely it does and, and you got to be able to you know deal with that it's Uh, And not take it necessarily personal, even though, you know, the story is very personal and it feels like I'm the movie sometimes and getting those rejections feels like, you know, you're there, you know, the world is rejecting you over and over again. But uh, you really have to be able to believe in yourself and believe in the message of your film and 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 really just have the constitution to be able to keep on keeping on through it all.
0: Yeah. So um, what is the burial about? Sure.
1: That's a great question. It's uh, it's about a young woman who loses uh, her father uh, that she did not have a very good relationship with, um, and she has to travel back to uh, this very small river town in northeast Iowa to lay him to rest. While she is there, uh, rather than taking care of her responsibilities, she falls in with some local kids, and they do some stupid stuff, and they get in some trouble with the law. And uh so they have to hide out in the woods
0: uh okay.
1: that blanket the that blanket the uh river valley in northeast Iowa. But while they're in the woods hiding, they discover an undocumented ancient burial mound. And they do some more stupid things that kids do. They make some bad choices uh and disturb this burial mound. Now from there, that act and the and the the emotional things that they're each dealing with individually, uh, it awakens a sickness in them, which makes them all very violently ill, and uh, it makes them have symptoms of hallucinations and um. also drives them to become quite violent uh, with each other in some cases. So there's a supernatural element to it without being very well-defined. I really want the audience to bring their own sort of ideas of spirituality to this, but it really... You know, they turn on each other and really have to fight for survival. And it's it's really with our main character. It's really about her identity as uh, a woman who is part Native American and part of European descent. Um, Her part, you know, it's about our relationship with the earth uh and how sacred it is to us it's about our relationship to other cultures and ancient cultures in some cases that we have you know really surrounding us all around us and under yeah. our feet in some cases um and it, and it's really also a very much about like make the choices that we make good or bad when faced with um you know kind of a stacked deck like if even though the world deals you lemons it It doesn't necessarily excuse us from making bad choices and irresponsible choices. Like sometimes we have to, you know, make better choices regardless of how difficult they can be, Um, you know, and challenge and challenge those things that live within us that we may not be responsible for, but we still have to deal
0: with on a day to day basis right on man and you know you can't have a good movie without at least a few bad choices you know absolutely absolutely. (laughs) there's no movie that's any good that's everybody makes a good choice all the time right so yeah you need that uh you know stupid moment in there where they're like oh let's i'm guessing they mess with the burial mound in some way and uh something happens i don't know but who is in the film um anybody cast yet or are you still going through that process
1: uh, well we've you know we haven't cast anybody really officially. Uh, i I would love to cast uh, our mutual friend Tom Garland in the uh, one of the lead roles of the four young people that are out in the woods. He's somebody that I discovered um, or he discovered me or we discovered each other while you know sort of uh, trying to figure out uh, a way to shoot a version of this or a, a sizzler reel of this here in Iowa and uh, Tom was, you know, a real, really like a revelation to find someone like as talented as he was here and really fit the bill. Um, you know, other than that, I don't, we don't have any, uh, hard and fast casting choices because I've been working on the financing of the movie for so long. Um, I think there are some, there are some people that I will be reaching out to, uh, because the short film looks like it's going to go. And, uh, and I have some people in mind, um, nobody really of, that I, I can name at this point uh, and not a lot of named actors, especially when, you know, the short film is going to have a pretty small budget. So, uh, you know, we can't necessarily afford uh, a list talent, but uh, you know, that's, that's not to say that we are not going to find great actors. Cause I know that we will. And, uh, and from there, you know, we'll, we'll just have to make uh, a film that really means a lot to all of us. And, and so, We've got a lot of work to do, but we're still, you know, and that's that's sort of on the horizon, though, is like looking for those those four young actors that uh, are going to fit these roles.
0: All right. Very cool, man. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more from Burial once, you know, once you get the budget and get it shot, see the short and then finally the feature film. But when you were talking about some of your side jobs that you did, you mentioned uh, the Iowa Council, uh, Iowa Arts Council. And a yeah. fellow you just recently got elected or, or I don't know. It's appointed a fellow. Is that the proper term?
1: Uh, well, I, I want to, I want fellowship basically. I, okay. I yeah, I uh, was selected. Um, you apply like a grant, uh, for a grant through the Iowa arts council, uh, here, which is the, you know, the, the state body, uh, of Iowa that deals with the arts and they award, uh, grants and fellowships for artists, um, here in, uh, the state of Iowa. And I applied for and received, uh, yeah, a fellowship, uh, through the Iowa arts council, which is, you know, a pretty big honor for me. It's like one of the best honors uh, that I've ever gotten in my life. Uh, you know, every year they choose, they choose five artists, uh, in multiple, you know, in any kind of discipline of art and, um, and then you are named uh, an Iowa Arts Council Fellow for that year. It goes from July, uh, yeah, June to the July of the following year. So, uh, so for 2017 and 18, I am a, I am an Iowa Arts Council Fellow. And um, of the five artists that were selected, I am the only filmmaker, and actually, I am the first filmmaker in Iowa's history to receive this honor. So I'm pretty stoked about it. I'm, I'm very happy. It's it's uh, you know it comes with a with a with a grant, which has been very helpful for me to be able to work on um, my own projects and not have to necessarily worry about getting a job or doing corporate gigs or whatnot. But also, it's created a you know a tremendous amount of opportunities for me to work with other uh, fellows and other artists around. So. You know, it's all of a sudden, I'm sort of in this community of people that are, um, you know, excited to work on film and excited to work with me. Uh, So it's been a really great honor. And uh, like I said, it's created a bunch of opportunities for me. It's been really great.
0: Well, first of all, congratulations on that. And uh, besides, I guess putting you in with a bunch of other creatives and artists—is there any other special, like, privileges or powers that comes with being a fellow?
1: Uh, no, no real privileges and powers, but it does it. Does uh, we do have some responsibilities? We which are also actually great opportunities. We travel around the state of Iowa and we give I think it's four uh, artist talks uh, in different uh, communities throughout Iowa, where we will get up and we talk about our art and promote our not only promote ourselves but we promote our our art form um, in various communities. around. So we, I get to get up and like, talk about making movies in Iowa, uh, you know, in front of a bunch of people who are interested in you know, the arts in Iowa. And so that has been uh, a really cool, uh, that's been a really cool thing to be able to like, get out and engage with the public and, and, uh, you know, and actually just talk about filmmaking in Iowa. You know, we've had, uh, some setbacks here in Iowa with the, um, tax credit scandal that went down in 2008 and 2009. Um, and so it's, you know, filmmaking has kind of got a shadow cast across it in, in certain ways. Uh, and so for me to be able to receive this honor and then to be able to go out and talk to people about filmmaking has been great for me. Personally, but also like you know, I like to get out and try to you know encourage people to think positively about filmmaking and not uh, in a negative light that comes from you know some of these producers that took advantage of a system that was kind of flawed in the first place. And and hopefully, I'd like to be able to contribute to changing you know hearts and minds in regards to like what people in Iowa think about filmmaking. Uh, We have such a great history of Uh, cinema uh, here in the state of Iowa with some of the films that have been made here. Uh, And so I would really like to just like encourage young people to take it up as a career uh, to that. It is a viable career and it's a, uh, you know, it's a viable way of creating art. And uh, so being able to get out and encourage people has been you know, pretty great and a great part of that fellowship as well.
0: Okay. So you say that filmmaking is a viable career. Now I'm not playing devil's advocate here or anything like that, but I'm saying, what do you say to like the parent of a kid that wants to get into filmmaking as a career? And they're like, no, you should, uh, you should go the more conventional route and get yourself that job at Wells Fargo or something like that. What do you tell them or how, how can can you point out that it's a viable career to them?
1: Well, I mean, first and foremost, filmmaking is a craft uh, and like any kind of like, you know, you can kind of look at it like a trade school. Like if you were if you wanted to learn how to light a scene, uh, you know, there are jobs for people in the industry. And it is a, you know, multi-billion dollar industry, the entertainment industry. Uh, so there are jobs out there for for young people. Um if they want them, but they just have to like, you know. There are multiple different jobs, and and there are so many people that collaborate and work together on a film set, whether it be sound guys, uh, production design, uh, costume design, props, lights, st- uh, grip. You know, uh, s- cinematographers. You know, uh, everyone wants to be the director, but you know, there there are a host of other craftspeople and artists that can make a living and do make a living, make their living uh, making movies and making television shows. And there's obviously more and more platforms uh, for which these, these shows and movies are being distributed uh, these days. So, you know, there's, there is work out there to be had, you know, there might not be quite as much here in Iowa specifically, but, you know, if you learn this trade, if you learn the craft and you, or if you get into filmmaking, you can learn a skill and, you, you, you know, you can make a living doing it. It is it is a business. Um, it's an art form, but it's also a craft. And, uh, you know, and there are there is work out there for people that like people are watching movies and television shows every day. And those are those are made by people that, you know, make a living doing that.
0: Yes. All right. Very cool. I just wanted to hear how it broke down there where I know not everybody's going to be the movie star, but there's a lot of other aspects to the film industry. Just wanted to get that out there. Now, you actually just moved back to Iowa a few years ago, correct? You were actually in like L.A. and New York? I was.
1: Yeah. After uh, college, I moved to New York first. I lived there for seven years, Uh, worked in live theater and dabbled in film. Uh, learning a little bit as I went along. And then once I really knew that I wanted to make the switch, I moved to LA. Uh, so I, then I lived in LA for seven years and I, I worked, you know, uh, only in film. And, and I learned, basically learned the craft of filmmaking, uh, you know, thoroughly while I was living in uh, Los Angeles. Um, but yes, uh, you're correct. I did move back here uh, three years ago. Now uh, I came back with the intent to make this feature film, but I did spend a, uh, those years in New York and LA, really learning the craft of film uh, by getting my hands dirty on set, you know, just taking kind of any job that I could get my hands on at first. And then um, and then as I progressed, I learned more specifically like how to run the cameras and how to light scenes and um you know how to how to manage the productions because there's a lot of like business type management type stuff that goes along with it as well. So um I learned all, you know, I learned most of the aspects of that editing as well, uh, while living in Los Angeles. And then when I was ready and I felt like I had a pretty thorough education, as far as production, uh, goes, I decided to put those to use to my, you know, to create my own work. And that's when I came back three years ago here to Iowa. All
0: right. Perfect. So what sparked the move? What, what inspired you to move from LA to Iowa? Was it just to create the burial or was there, uh, were you, I don't know, sick of LA or what was
1: <laughs> it, Yeah. I mean, kind of all of that stuff. I mean, primarily I had worked uh, freelance in the film industry for uh, quite a few years and I had learned, you know, the nuts and bolts of what it was and what it took to uh, make a feature film uh, from production, you know, pre-production, production, post-production, and all of the steps. And once I kind of learned all of those steps, I, you know, I knew that I wanted to make a feature film. I knew that my career, I wanted it to be in making feature films. So once I had those skills, I was, you know, I, I started asking myself, what was the message that I wanted to send to the world? And that's how I came up with my my film idea, The Burial. Um, it just so happened to coincide with me getting very, very sick of Los Angeles <laughs> as well. Uh, because L.A. is a it's a hard town to live in sometimes sometimes. Um, it's a great town and I do love the film industry and I miss being surrounded by it. But, um, you know, the things that people don't like about L.A., like the traffic and the smog and the, you know, the the sort of the congestion of it all are very real, you know. And I was happy to kind of come back and, and work on not only work on my film, which, you know, there's no there's no real impediments to like just making stuff happen here um, as opposed to, other than like trying to find the financing uh, for it. But uh, the pace of life and the cost of living in Iowa is, is really, you know, not nothing to be like laughed at, because it's, it's easier to make a living here than it is in LA, because uh, LA is pretty expensive town to live in. So um, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of different factors, but primarily it was my film. And I knew that I wanted to shoot it here in Iowa. So I, I came back uh, mostly for that reason.
0: All right. Perfect. So you've had uh, a lot of, say, schooling in the film industry, a lot of experience getting to build your craft. What advice would you have for people who are looking to get into the film industry or even take their career in the film industry to the next level?
1: Well, I would uh, really suggest that you just get involved with any kind of film production that you can get involved with um, and just get a start, you know, if that means starting and becoming a production assistant uh, on any kind of production, just to like learn the ropes, you'll get in and you'll figure out where you are drawn, you know, what, what kind of job you're drawn to, because there are many, many positions that uh, are required to make a film or a television show. And it takes a lot of different types of personalities and just, you know, if it's something that you're interested in, I would say, just jump right in and start uh, film school is a great option, but I don't, I didn't go to film school and I don't believe it's necessary. Uh, the best thing about film school, I think is the network of people that uh, you get by going to a good film school, which is definitely an important thing because it really is about who you know in a lot of regards but if you just want to learn how to make films uh you know if just just learn by doing and that's really how i did it um and just you know just start just jump right in with uh with both feet and 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 you know get busy doing it
0: Yeah, and I didn't necessarily mean schooling in a formal sense. I meant like schooling as in hands on schooling, getting like working as a grip and stuff like that. So, um, thank you. That was some great advice on how to get uh, started. So, what are you doing um, to promote yourself in the industry?
1: I'm on. all of the social media platforms, you know, I have uh, I have Facebook pages for myself as a filmmaker director. I have a a Facebook page for the burial. Um, I have a Facebook page for my production company. I also have a website uh, just jack.film, which you can find kind of anything that I'm working on. Uh, You know, the front, the thing you you see first is the burial. Um, I'm doing that. I'm also, uh, you know, I'm keeping busy really. And I'm doing everything I can to, uh, continue to make films and continue to get my name out there. Uh, I'm entering into film festivals with, uh, you know, the different films that I'm, uh, involved with. So I'm trying to, um, promote myself in that regard. Uh, once I get a few of these things under my belt, a few more things, uh, that I've been working on recently, more completed. Uh, I'm gonna start reaching out to agents and managers in Los Angeles through some of the context that I did develop uh, there over the years, um, and represent. You know, try to represent myself in that way uh, because it is such a. You know, you need to collaborate with agents and managers and with lots of different people. So uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I will be reaching out to those types of people as well, and just really just representing myself by my work and, and also, you know, networking as much as possible. You know, I've networked a lot here uh, in Iowa and it's something I never really did that much while I was in LA um, as a, as, you know, trying to be a crew person and learn the ropes of filmmaking. Uh, But now that I'm ready sort of to go back and attack it from this other angle, I think, uh, you know, networking is definitely key, which is, like I said, a great A great thing about film school is like you have a built in network of people that you uh, go to school with. But uh, and if you don't have that, you really need to develop that. So uh, I'm continuing to work on that and continuing to network and get my, you know, not not only my name out there, but also just to like, you know, circulate with people because you got to you got to know people and you got to be known.
0: Yeah, that's some great advice right there. Do you have any uh, specific social media strategies that you use? I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm not a lover of social
1: media, but I, I know how necessary it really is. Uh, so I have created all of those platforms with whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I have all of those platforms. Um, I think regularity is very important. I think you need to, you know, regularly update post, uh, post things, uh, you know, to develop your audience. Uh, I have, I think my, I think my burial page has, I think at last count, like 900, uh, people, uh, that are, that like the page now that might not be a lot, but it's a good start that there, you know, there are 900 people out there that have seen and looked at my page that, you know, that I can communicate with. So I think you really need to, you know, and I need to do a better job of this and I try to do a a decent job, I think, but you need to, you know, kind of regularly post and stay in people's consciousness because if you, you know, if you go away from that, you got to kind of have to build it back up. So, um, regularity, I think, is key.
0: All right, very, very well. I, I always like hearing like specific strategies if anybody has them, because if they sound like they might work, I might steal them and use them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, so I, I always like asking that question. So, during your time in the in the entertainment industry in making film, uh, what are a couple of highlights that you may care to share?
1: let's see uh really one of the best highlights of my career so far has been this uh fellowship from the iowa arts council okay Uh, that's been you know it's just really nice to be recognized by a group of people um in an official way you are an artist and that your art is valuable um so that, is been, that has been a pretty great uh, milestone in my career. Uh, it's not really attached to any one thing I've done. It's really uh, in regards to my body of work thus far. And so, in that regard, I'm really honored to have been selected at this point in my career to receive this fellowship. And it's also very encouraging that you know they are doing it because they want me to continue to develop as an artist. Um, And they can see my potential. And so that uh, really makes you feel good when, you know, most of what you do as a filmmaker trying to get your films made is like struggle, you know. (laughs) Um, So to receive an honor like that has been uh, a pretty great experience. Other than that, you know, each uh, the films that I make that are most meaningful, you know, they all mean a lot to me. And I really throw myself into each piece of work that I do um, on a personal, emotional, uh, almost spiritual level I would I would say. Uh, and so when I complete something, those moments in my life really have quite a bit of meaning. This short film, uh, you know, it's 20 minutes long, but it, you know, but I worked on it for six months.
0: It is amazing how like 20 minutes of film can take so long to make, even just editing it. Like you take like a five minute video, you're spending hours on that.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. It represents, yeah, this 20 minutes represents a chunk of my life. And so, uh, you know with my first uh short film frigid it really you know when i look at it it's like a window into what my life was like at that moment and now this one uh undertow is really a reflection of you know the things that i've gone through in the last 6 months with uh these people and the great time that we had making it um so each of these is going to be a milestone i know in uh, in my life and you know most recently it was re- it's really great to work on undertow to have you know spent years you know going with those ups and downs of trying to get the burial made uh to be able to successfully like complete a film uh to shake off that rust and to feel really confident in my abilities again so in you know in that regard i feel really great about this uh this last short film uh and very encouraged and very hungry again and so i'm like very ready to take on the task of making uh, the short uh, proof of concept for the burial now.
0: Awesome, man! You need you need that the things that energize you to push through onto the next thing. I uh, I don't know if you've ever listened to, like, the Nerdist podcast or anything, but with Chris Hardwick. Yep. They put on the ID10T Festival this summer in uh, Mountain View, California. And they had a live podcast. And I got up there. I was able to ask one of the quiments questions, comments, things. And uh, I asked them my title question of the show, which I'll ask you in a little bit, about how do you live uncontained. And uh, Jonah Ray actually had a good response to it It is like, you got to take every victory and celebrate it, no matter how big or small, like the Hollywood and entertainment industry can be very brutal. And if you don't celebrate those little victories, you know, it might, it'll, it'll win, you know, you got to celebrate those to come out on top. So I don't know, it just kind of reminded me of that right there.
1: Right. Yeah, no, that's great. That's a great piece of uh, advice, you know, because you do need to celebrate those small victories and feel good about, you know, things because especially when you are looking at a task that looks like a mountain and you're like, man, I'm never going to get there. But like, you know, if you like stop and take a look and you're like, oh, geez, I've accomplished this. And you look around and you're like, man, this is way different than I was five years ago. You know, it feels it does feel really good
0: yeah yeah, you know you you look at it as a mountain and then you look at it like oh I can get through these foothills that's not bad and then yeah, yeah I got you very very good advice there so I got two more questions for you the final one that I just hinted at and then uh, one more which may vary depending on your film sense you know they' are different genres different feelings uh, undertow may be different than the burial but what do you want your audience to take away and remember when they go see one of your films?
1: Yeah, each one is different, but I do, I want them to have, I want my audience to have an experience that reflects back upon their own personal life. Um, So I want, you know, I really want people to be able to see themselves in uh, the pictures that I make and uh, really hopefully to come away you know maybe with more questions than uh, they came in with uh and you know if not some answers at least like some raised awareness some heightened awareness of of the world um you know I want them to feel like they're not alone I want them to feel like you know life is tough sometimes and and you know they're not alone in the struggle um I want you know I, I I want them to have a cathartic experience
0: okay. um,
1: and to feel, you know, and just to feel something and feel good about what that feeling is, regardless of whether it's good or bad, really. I just want them to be able to feel that and know that, you know, we're, we're not alone here. We are all together. And, and, uh, and, sometimes together we can move mountains you know
0: all right perfect man so i have one final question for you but before we get to that where can people find you online i know we touched on it a little bit earlier as we were talking about promotion but you want to just throw out your uh social media and websites and everything one more time where people can find out information on you and the burial
1: sure yep i'm on facebook uh at just facebook.com slash uh jack meggers uh, I'm on Twitter at Jack Meggers and uh, you can find pretty much any of those links uh, through my website, which is just uh, www.jack.film. Um, that's a pretty good portal into pretty much whatever I'm doing.
0: Okay, great, great. So, yeah. Uh... You got them there. I'll include those in the show notes so people can easily access them. Uh, go check them out. Let them know that you heard him here on Uncontained. And uh, it's time for that final question. Jack Meggers, how do you live uncontained?
1: Well, I lived uncontained by just knowing who I am, knowing what I want, and knowing that it's okay to be different and it's okay to live a life that doesn't necessarily look like anyone's life around me. Uh I'm not a guy who's going to work a corporate job. Um I'm not a guy who's going to work a 9 to 5 and that is okay, you know? I've chosen a life in the arts. I'm passionate about what I do. I'm passionate about the stories that I tell. I'm a, and I'm passionate about the stories, that I'm passionate about the people that I work with. And you know, I know that my life may not you know, resemble, uh, you know, the people out there that have, uh, have the house and the 2.5 kids and the two cars in the garage. Uh, but my life is very fulfilling. And I'm happy that, you know, I'm happy nonetheless. It doesn't have to be what society tells us that we have to be. I live life, you know, on my own terms to a great degree. And that is okay, and that is how I live uncontained.
0: Very cool, man. And the I don't think uh, truer words could have been spoken. You know, it's uh, very well summed up right there. Only one thing left to do before you get out of here, and that's sign off the show. Jack, will you do me the honor of signing off the show today?
1: Absolutely. I just want to say, go to the movies, enjoy a good picture show. You know, the theaters are out there, and you can see a lot of great films. You can see a lot of great independent cinema. Uh, wherever you are, there's a lot of ways you can watch it through streaming platforms. So go, go check out a good movie. And uh, with that, I am Jack Meggers and I live uncontained.
0: And that does it for another episode of uncontained. Thank you for listening. And thank you to Jack Meggers for hanging out and sharing some valuable information with all of you guys and uh, some great stories as well. So thank you for listening. And if you want to support uncontained, Please, please uh, stop by tpublic.com. I got the link on my Facebook page. And uh, get yourself some uncontained merch, including coffee cups, uh, t-shirts, you know. And a lot of stuff is there for you to uh, rock your support for uncontained. Thank you, and until next time, live uncontained.